Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. Say sick and sit a podcast. Say sick and sit a podcast. I'm back once again. Let me turn all this stuff off that the mic is picking up. I got the air purifier going while I'm smoking this cigar. That thing loud. Let's start the show. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. What are we? It's Saturday night right now. Um, October 31st, Halloween. Oh, man. What we got? Three days until the election. Three days until the election. We almost there. Almost there. I mean, I swear I've been talking about Trump in this country pretty much all season. And we finally hear all the stuff on social media, everything. I mean, I know for sure that it's not just going to go away after the election over because We've seen a lot of 2020 has given us a lot of interesting things. And I don't think that the year is going to settle down, especially with the election. And then y'all know I talk about Mercury retrograde all the time. We're in the midst of a presidential election during Mercury retrograde. And if anybody know anything about Mercury retrograde, it's not the good time to start new things or to make a lot of changes and stuff like that when it comes to new things. And we're talking about a new president of the country. Yeah, it's going to be some. It's going to be some drama after this election is over. The, la- the day of the election is the last day of Mercury retrograde and not to mention the post shadow phase of the mercury retrograde with stuff still lingers a week or two after so man yeah it's going to be very interesting what, what's going to happen uh i'm for one thing i'm just tired of seeing everybody with their voting rhetorics and their uh our ancestors died for this and all that other stuff and you can't complain if you don't vote and all this this is my civic duty i'm just i'm just getting tired of all that stuff you I mean, the audacity of people to shame others into doing something. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, whether I'm voting or not. And you're not going to make me feel guilty for it. Because it's everybody's prerogative. You do what you want. And you got the right to complain all you want to if you're a human and you living on... 
in this country. Shoot, that's basic human rights. F that, you know what I'm saying, civic duty stuff. But anyways, I can't, I'm just tired of this damn election shit. Tired of this Trump, tired of this Biden shit, tired of this black man, black against black woman on the elections and the, I'm just tired of all this shit. It's stupid. It's just straight up stupid. But anyways, um, thank you to everybody who listened to the last show. I am all I need. I got a lot of great feedback from it. A lot of people told me it was their favorite show and stuff like that. And there's always the shows that I'm like totally and crazy vulnerable on (laughs) that people just love so much. I mean, that's cool and everything, but, um, yeah, the, the amount of emotions and stuff that I go through before I record those vulnerable shows and then even afterwards, um, yeah, it'd be a lot sometimes, but, I mean, I love being vulnerable, honestly, it's a, I feel like it's a strength in being vulnerable. It ain't even no thing. I know. I know it's a strength in being vulnerable, especially for me being a man and a black man at that, because I see so many black men and I've been around so many black men and still around so many black men that just think vulnerability is the is the worst thing in the world to show. And the just how vulnerable I am at times on this podcast and... um on my blog and stuff. Like I said plenty of times, it's it's therapeutic for me. Sorry, that's uh one of my boys calling me while I'm recording after I told them that I was recording. <laughs> but um let me put it on do not disturb by my son. But um yeah. It's therapeutic for me and it's definitely healing for me, you know. Um and then the fact that my whole focus with my blog and the podcast and stuff is I just want to help others. But particularly the fact because of the stigma when it comes to mental illness and, you know, people dealing with depression, anxiety and all the other mental illnesses that go on. You know, I, I specifically talk about my experiences. Um, that's where my strength is, my experiences, you know, the things that I've gone through and, you know, all the things in relation to everything that I've gone through when it comes to mental illness and stuff. Um, yeah, but it, it was a great episode. I'm not going to lie. I, I honestly haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to it yet. It's been difficult for me to listen to certain episodes. But, um, yeah, a lo- I've got a lot of great feedback from it and stuff. A lot of people told me they was proud of me and stuff. The show was great and all that. And I got to be honest, it's, it's still difficult for me to accept compliments. Um, that's a, has been a big thing of mine forever, and it still is. Uh, I'm working with my, <laughs> I've worked with my past therapist on it, um, and I'm working with my new therapist on it now, accepting uh, compliments and, and, you know, good feedback and stuff like that. But um, I appreciate everything, and, you know, just keep, uh, supporting me, supporting the show. Um, like I said on the last show, if you think it's a good episode, you enjoyed it and stuff like that, share the episode. It's not for me. It's for other people. 
because the more and more that people get out here and hear others telling their story when it comes to mental illness, um, improving their mental health, uh, spirituality, healing, uh, especially in the black community. It is important for people to hear others talk about it, you know, so it will give them the strength and they'll be able to, you know, start their own journey because it's definitely a journey, definitely a journey. Um, healing, healing yourself is a commitment. It is a solid commitment. You have to be committed to healing yourself. Um, and pretty much it's like the biggest commitment you will make in your life. Healing yourself because it affects everything in your life. All the relationships that you have, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others in, in, all, in all realms of your life. Your relationship with God. Um, you know, you're, you're choosing, you're choosing yourself. You're choosing a better, a better outlook on life, a better perception of life, a better, uh, a better outlook on your journey and, you know, what you're capable of, uh, what you deserve, your worth, you know. Um, and it's like once you start that journey, it's like a domino effect. You know, the dominoes will just fall. And that's something I definitely learned. It is definitely a domino effect when you start, when you go down that journey of healing, uh, giving yourself self-love, self-worth, all of that. It is a domino effect. I'm telling you, things will open up for you. God will open the doors for you once you start down that journey. Your ancestors will look out for you, your angels, your spirit guides, all of that, the universe uh mother earth you know what i'm saying everybody will look out for you once you start down that journey the people that are popping your life the abundance that are popping in your life the prosperity all of that will come with your healing journey and do not focus on the destination enjoy the journey enjoy the journey but uh on my last episode, I shared a, a reading that I got, a tarot reading I got from uh, I Am Melanie David. Uh, follow her on Instagram. Um, I Am Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, David, D-A-V-I-D. I Am Melanie David. Follow her on Instagram um, and Twitter. Uh, she gave me a reading, and on that reading, it was a very accurate reading of what I've been going through and... Um, Lately, and uh, you know, just what's been going on in my life or whatever. And one of the things that uh, my reading said was, uh, you know, to take a take some time for myself, take a break, you know, do something different, you know. And I wind up doing that uh, Monday. Monday, I went hiking. I went down the Great Falls. Uh, excuse me. Uh, burp number one. I'm 11 minutes in and just a, and that's the first burp. I think that might be a record because usually I get the first burp like within the first five minutes. But yeah, I went hiking. I was out in nature, Great Falls, Virginia. And I tell you, man, that joint was it was peaceful as hell. It was peaceful as hell out there. And I that was something I definitely needed. I grounded myself 
I connected with nature, um, you know, connected with myself, connected with God, you know, just to be in that, that peaceful state to, to hear the water rushing down the falls and down the river, hitting the rocks and stuff like that, hearing the leaves fall, me stepping on the leaves, touching the trees and stuff like that. It was peaceful as hell. It was peaceful as hell. And I'm not going to lie, though, because I was like the only black person <laughs> out there. So with all the stuff that's going on in uh, 2020 and period over the past couple of years, I, I had some moments where I was, you know, looking over my shoulder and, and you know, watching people and stuff. Because, you know, a lot of these a lot of these people out here been real bold, you know, walking up on, on black people and stuff like that. And I'm not the one to sit here and videotape you. I'm just going, I'm just going, you know what I'm saying, knock your ass out and then it's over from there. And I'll videotape it after I knock your ass out. I ain't going to videotape it while you, you talking crazy to me. But <laughs> anyways, I ain't going to lie about that. I definitely was looking over my shoulder and stuff and, you know, watching my, watching my surroundings. But that's just the natural nature of me anyway. I've always been like that. Taking a couple of puffs. Um, this episode I'm smoking a Romeo Julieta 1875 Cigaros. Um, and I'm drinking uh, the rest of this Uncle Nearest 1884 small batch whiskey. It's a good cigar. This chill is not that strong. Um, of course, I talked about Uncle Nearest a lot. I really like Uncle Nearest. I definitely like it. Um, I've only had the 1884 so far. I know they have uh, two other ones. Um, I'll try those eventually and talk about it on the show. Take a sip. Yeah, this Uncle Nearest is definitely better than that the, <laughs> um, bourbon whiskey that I had last week. It's sitting over there on the table across the uh, room. I forgot the name of it, but go back to the um, last episode and hear what <laughs> what what drink that was. It, it was better once I added, once I let the ice melt in it a little more and water it down. It actually brought out the flavors in it. It actually tasted better with it. And, you know, when, once I was looking up whiskey and stuff like that, I was able to see that that was actually a thing for whiskey, that people add water to it. And it allows certain flavors to come out in it. So, you know, I learn something every day when it comes to cigars and the whiskey. So let me get up into the show. Um, I want to play a clip real quick. Um, something I thought was funny. It's from The Nutty Professor. And you'll see why I played it. I think that, that it's you. Weird. You know, sometimes when I'm alone, I relate to myself. I can relate. <laughs> oh, mama. I don't want to hear this shit while I'm eating. Please, stop talking to me. So, Carla, do you like children? <laughs> hey, that was a movie clip from the Nutty Professor when they was at the dinner table. And it was called Relations. That's the name of the clip on YouTube. But the reason I played the clip, um, I'm, I'm all into like herbal supplements and stuff lately. Herbal supplements, herbal teas and stuff like that. Like I take a lot of herbal supplements. I drink a lot of herbal teas. And recently I started taking uh, maca root uh, supplements 
and I got them on, on Amazon and I researched them like before uh, I bought them to find the best ones that, you know, the best maca root supplements. And I found this one in particular that had all three of the maca roots in the supplement because it's three different types. And that one had all three in it and it had like a high uh, milligram count and everything. And it got a lot of great reviews on different websites and stuff. And also... I picked up um, some Tonkat Ali supplements, and I researched those as well, found the best ones, and bought them on Amazon. So, both those uh, supplements deal with uh, libido, testosterone, hormone uh, balance, uh, sexual and reproductive health. Man, I tell you, since I've been taking them damn supplements, and I've only been taking them for like a week. But when I bought them, like within the first two or three days, man, I tell you, my ass was bouncing off the wall. Like my hormones was going crazy. Like that's why I played that clip because it was so funny, man. I was like, if, if somebody, if a woman touched me on my arm or something, like I would go crazy. I'd be like a blank man when, um, when he kissed uh, what's her name in the movie. And <laughs> that baby started <laughs> having an orgasm or whatever. Man, I tell you, my hormones have been bouncing off the damn wall. Man, them damn supplements, supplements are no joke. I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. So that has definitely been something interesting that's been going on this week. So I went to the Great Falls. Uh, hiking trail i did the hiking or whatever bought those supplements and if you heard the last episode and i talked about how i tried to go to the national portrait gallery in dc and how i went down there and i found out that you had to get um passes to go in there they was free passes but when i went down there i didn't see it on the website until I started going through the website. So I saw it on the website and then I saw that the tickets were sold out for that Saturday, last Saturday when I went down there. So I'm like, how the hell free tickets sold out? But anyways, so I end up on my reading and said I should do two, I should do two things for myself during the week. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the trail, I'm gonna go hiking and then I'm gonna go to the museum again. So when I went on the website, I picked Thursday. I just picked Thursday, random Thursday, just Thursday. But I wind up not going because all day Thursday uh, here, it was just raining like crazy. So cool. I picked Saturday and I got, I got uh, passes for, for today. Just one pass and I was going to go down there. But I just been so tired because like my sleeping pattern being off crazy. And I think it's because the full moon, you know, besides it being Halloween, we also got a full moon tonight and it's called a blue moon. And the reason it's called a blue moon, because you rarely have two full moons in a month. So the term once in a blue moon comes from that. It actually comes from, you know, um, having two full moons in one month. And the second full moon being a blue moon because it's just out of the ordinary. So this is supposed to be like a real powerful full moon. And then the fact that it's on Halloween is um, 
significant for the simple fact that, um, you know, the the veil, so to speak, the veil between the living and the dead has is very thin right now. So if you've been having like crazy dreams and having dreams about people who've passed on or um, visions of people that passed on or feeling their presence or smelling their smelling a scent from them or something that they used to cook and stuff like that. That's that's the reason why. And even for you to communicate with them, actually. So uh, one of the things I did today on my altar, I got um, I got my two grandmothers on, on my altar. And I also have a picture of some of some of my uh, ancestors that I didn't know. But it was a it was a black and white picture from uh, family members on my mom's side that I've had for years. And it it was a, uh, a photo that. Uh, my mom gave to me and my brother and you know I, I don't know the people and everything like that but I always feel like everything is for a reason so that that photo is significant for some reason so I placed that photo on my altar uh, today along with my two grandmothers and you know I put some food on the altar and I put some glasses of water and after I record, I'm going to put a, you know, a glass of alcohol because they say putting a glass of alcohol on your altar for your ancestors is, um, is significant for uh, wealth and prosperity. So I know a lot of people don't believe in that stuff like that, but it, it's significant when it comes to uh, spirituality, you know, thing when it comes to the our community, the black community, you know, um, so... I'm going to place that alcohol on the altar after I finish recording. I wanted to wait till later, you know, so it can be symbolic while I'm drinking my drink. And, you know, I put the, the glass of alcohol on there. So it's like, you know, we're having a, a glass together. So. Even besides the full moon, you know, you can always talk to your ancestors, you know, um, grandparents that passed on parents because they always looking out for you you know um but i didn't really have a lot um ready for this show um i was going to go into my other blog posts i am persevering and talk about that a little bit same way that i did the last episode with my last blog post i am all i need um, but there's a few things that I saw over the week that uh, caught my attention, and I'll just uh, point those out real quick. And one of them was, it was a study that came out um, that said over 80% of COVID-19 patients had vitamin D deficiency. And it says vitamin D deficiency was more prevalent in men. And I feel like this the title of this study was even more vague. I feel like they, it should have been black patients for the simple fact um, in our community, we always have, we are always susceptible to low vitamin D because of our melanin. And um, particularly black men, I noticed. And I remember one time that uh, I went to the doctor, this was a few years ago, and my vitamin D was real low. The uh, doctors were concerned, and they 
they put in a prescription to put me on vitamin D pills. That's how bad it was. So, you know, it's been a lot of uh, information out, you know, about how we, we, our community, the black community has been suffering more from uh, COVID-19. So uh, not just because of vitamin D, because, you know, the systematic racism when it comes to the healthcare system and stuff like that. But in terms of relying on the healthcare system, we have to be more aware of, you know, how we take care of ourselves. And one thing is to, you know, take supplements if we're not getting them through, you know, healthy eating. And so, you know, everybody out there, just be careful with, you know, how you, you do your supplements, how you're eating. If you're not eating very well and you know that, then, you know, buy supplements, you know, particularly immune boosting supplements. Um, some of the supplements that I'm on right now is sea moss and bladder rack. Um, I told you about the maca root. Um, what else? Uh, Tonkat Tong Ali. Um, what else? Uh, I use black seed oil. I use elderberry syrup. Um, what else? What else I do? Um, I can't remember. I think that's it. I think those are the main ones that I've been focusing on, particularly the uh, sea moss, because sea moss has 92, 92 of the minerals that we need in our body. And adding the bladder rack to it gives you the full amount of minerals that your body needs. But I eat particularly well. Um, I don't stress myself about healthy eating because I feel like the stress is just as bad on your body as it is the the bad eating. So you know, I, I particularly eat what I want, but I do, you know, this, the suspect things like fast food and stuff in moderation. So, you know, I get my smoothies in. I particularly do smoothies for the simple fact I want to get my fruits and vegetables in and stuff. And uh, I don't really eat a lot of beef. I eat a lot of chicken. Um, I know it's things about people, you know. Uh, flesh ain't good for you and stuff like that, but I do what I feel comfortable with, what, you know, resonates with me and my body. So, um, yeah, just be, be careful out there, particularly the black males. And if you haven't gotten a physical this year, go get a physical. I recently got one back in July, got all my tests done, um, got my STD test done, came by good. Um, all my blood work came by good and stuff like that. Um, only thing that was kind of concerning was my white blood cells was kind of low, but it wasn't bad low, but it was right at the, at the normal, at the, at the bottom of the normal stage. So since then, excuse me, burp too. Since then I've been taking better care of myself. I've been getting back into working out because it's been difficult to work out from home, but I recently bought a, um, I bought two workout masks from um, Amazon, the masks that have the ventilation on them and the filters inside of them. I bought two of those. I'm going to start going back to the gym tomorrow for the first of the month. At the end of the month, November 30th, I'm going to be 39 years old. So um, I feel like it's been long enough that I've been out of the gym. I'm going to be cautious, but this working out from home stuff ain't, ain't, ain't where it's at for me. I can't, I can't do it anymore so um you know it's been a lot of stuff going on in the news more killings when it comes to uh police killing black people and 
protests and stuff. We we've been having a lot of protests down here in D.C. Um, a young black male was killed on, on his moped by the police officers. Um, I don't know too much about the story. I haven't looked it up because I've been trying to stay away from too many of that stuff. And even on social media, like it's, it's crazy. Like you go on social media, you scrolling up and down, you seeing videos of of people that look like you getting killed and stuff. So I don't even watch them that much no more. I don't if if at all. But one particular story stood out to me was uh, a gentleman in Philadelphia, a black male. His name was Walter Walker Jr. He was shot and killed by the uh, Philadelphia police. His family called 911 for help because he was having a mental health crisis. His father said Walter was on uh, medication for his mental health problems. He needed an ambulance. He needed a de-escalation team. Instead, he got bullets. The single most likely person in the world to be killed by police is a young black man having a mental crisis. And yeah, I I mean, that's very true. Um, his name was Walter, Wall Walter Wallace Jr. He was killed in Philadelphia. And those situations are always concerning. Not because I have mental illness. I believe he had... Um, I don't want to speak out of turn or wrong, but I think it was it was uh, definitely a more serious mental illness beyond depression and anxiety, I believe like schizophrenia, I believe, or bipolarism. But um, those situations are always we've seen it plenty of times where uh, black males have been killed because they've been having a schizophrenic episode or something like that or a manic episode. In those situations, I just. It's always concerning because the police, for one, the police department doesn't have people in place for those type of things because those are public health situations, not, I don't even know what police call them. Uh, emer I don't, it's still an emergency situation, but it's like, it ain't no, I need to pull my gun out and come handcuff you and all this other type stuff. Those are public safety situations where the police department should have in place some form of psychologist or psychiatrist in place that come along with uh, the police officers, as well as the first responders who are there to maybe administer some type of medication to sedate them or calm them down, you know. And when I saw that particular video, it was just police. You didn't have no first responders or anything. And what I think we should be aware of in the black community is when those type of mental health crises happen, we should ask for uh paramedics first responders to come um instead of police officers you know um i'm not sure what walter wallace's family said when they called 911 or anything but you know we have to be more specific when those situations arise and the police have to do better as well as well as as, as well as legislation putting in place that you know, when a family or somebody calls about a mental health crisis that they bring along some form of psycho psychologist or psychiatrist to come along with the police as well as the first responders. Because the police are not equipped to diagnose a, a mental health crisis, especially in when it comes to the black community. The family that aren't even qualified because there's so many people in our community that deal with mental health crisis and the family don't even know. Because 
of the stigma that comes with having a mental illness, you know, and individuals that are aware of their mental illness have to share that with their family. And I know it's difficult, you know, because of the stigma, but it's very it's a very key situation to share that with your loved ones, particularly the ones that you're you spend a lot of time with. So they know how to deal with the situation if you have any type of episode or anything. Yeah, but it's very unfortunate. I know it's a lot of stuff going on in Philly right now, a lot of riots and a lot of attacking of police and stuff. And I mean, the stuff is just is is not going anywhere. It's just getting it's just getting worse. take a sip but it was another post i saw on social media that i thought was um interesting it said uh two researchers claim that a single number they call the political stress indicator can warn when societies are at a risk of erupting into violence it's spiking in the u.s just like it did before the civil war and they have the uh graph here that shows how the um political stress was building up during the civil war um against you know what's going on today 2020 and actually 2020 is even higher than it was back in the time you know right before the civil war so i think it's something for us to be um aware of you know um not to put any fear out there or anything, but just to be prepared for for anything, you know, having canned goods, water, uh, flashlights, stuff like that, because um, you just never know when stuff is going to pop off. And like I said, we're in Mercury Retrograde right now. A lot of people are voting. And when it comes to filling out forms, signing contracts and stuff like that, those are things that are affected during mercury retrograde and like i said earlier something new arising is affected during mercury retrograde and election day is on the last day of mercury retrograde so let's just be you know aware and cognizant of everything that's going on not to put any fear out there but just be aware um but other than that let me talk about the the last episode I did in the blog post. Because, um, you know, I always forget about stuff. And right now I'm having like a little blank right now. But um, like I said, it, it was a good episode. And it was very therapeutic for me. And it was a vulnerable episode. And at times, you know, I get embarrassed and stuff about it. And for years, I've always been ashamed of knowing that I had uh, depression, that I suffered from depression and I dealt with anxiety and social anxiety and stuff like that. And I noticed that, you know, in the past, me being so ashamed of those things and not being vulnerable about them was because I, I haven't healed from them or I wasn't in the process of healing. And I noticed that, you know, now that I'm not ashamed of being vulnerable and being honest about those things because I'm in the process of healing and healing and and healed a lot of those aspects, you know, of my life. Um, 
And one thing that I noticed and just, you know, focusing on that that affirmation when I talked about I am all I need and and just how I I always tend to be to myself and isolate myself and stuff like that. Um But one thing that I notice is I I can't stay in that that mode of of isolating myself from others for the simple fact of you know and this is something me and my therapist talked about was you need relationships because like I've said before relationships are a mirror to yourself you know you get to see your triggers the things you haven't healed from the things you know you need to work on and stuff like that so I definitely need the interaction with others uh, because they still point out where I am in my process of healing my journey of healing what I need to speak to my therapist about and stuff like that so I definitely um have made it a point to um not isolate myself so much and find different ways of um, changing my routine in order to deal with other type of people that I'm used to dealing with, you know, to see where I've grown or where I still need to grow. And just, you know, and that's part of my healing, you know, getting me getting out more and, and not staying in the house as much like that because... You know, um, I talked about it on the last episode. Um, I'm sometimes I I'm so used to and I like to sit in my 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 shit. You know, what I'm saying I like to sit in my shit and 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 stay there and and kind of have that woe is me. It's not as bad as it was years ago. It used to be terrible, um, and I'm sure people who have, who are close to me that I've had certain conversations with will agree with me about that. Um, and I talked about, you know, um, me growing up and how I had the lack of affection and emotional um, presence in my life when it came to my, my parents and my family in particular and stuff like that. And how I used to, um, how I used to, and I still do to a degree, get myself caught up into situations where it's almost like I'm punishing myself or I'm sticking to what I'm used to. I'm being a glutton for punishment and stuff like that by dealing with people who give me crumbs of affection and attention and their love and stuff. And I, and you know, I, I sit there and I accept it. And, you know, that's kind of like the, the measure of where I, where I am when it comes to my relationship with myself, as far as, you know, how I'm loving myself or how I still feel my worth is by still dealing with people who who give me those crumbs of affection and attention and love and stuff like that. You know, because if I'm still, you know, dealing with those people who who are giving me that lack, that still that still is telling me that, you know, I'm not giving myself enough and that I'm still, you know, stuck in. In that. I still have a roadblock to a degree in that aspect of my my journey. So that's something that I've definitely been taking account of even more. Um, it's definitely been a, a focus or a theme, I should say. Yeah, I'll say a theme. It's definitely been a theme for the past couple of months and particularly the past three to four weeks 
you know, I've noticed it a little bit more. So um, just eliminating those 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 people as well as uh, putting boundaries in place and being and speaking up more to those people that, you know, are not are giving me those crumbs and speaking up to myself as well to telling me, you know, you know, giving myself that self-love and self-worth and telling me, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with this and figuring out who I need in my life and who I don't need in my life at this point. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's why, I, that's why I say vulnerability is such a strength. I mean, I love it. Just hearing myself speak it out my mouth right now, um, is, is a step for me and it's a, it's a healing, it's healing for me. It's therapeutic for me because, you know, that I'm actually acknowledging it and accepting it. And I think that's, that's always the first step when you're dealing with something, acknowledging it and then accepting it. And there's a lot of things that I always acknowledge, but I just never accepted them. So, you know, now I'm accepting a lot of things that I need to work on or things that I need to heal from or even let go of. But um, let me go into the other blog post. I'm in, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm not rushing, but I'm trying to get through this episode because the fight is tonight, Javante Davis versus, I forgot the other dude's name. He a Hispanic boxer. Both hold titles, and I think they both undefeated. I know Javante is. Javante is from Baltimore, an extension of Maryland. <laughs> Because Baltimore ain't a part of Baltimore ain't a part of Maryland. Baltimore more like Jersey and Philly, even though it's in Maryland. And it's definitely not a part of the DMV, you know. But, uh, yeah, good fight that's about to come on. And the fellas supposed to be coming over. We're going to get some food and stuff, watch the fight, have a, uh, some drinks. Um, but let me go through this uh, blog post. And I'm going to do just like I did it last episode. I'm going to read through it. And you know, stop and go through certain parts. So this this uh, blog post was titled I Am Persevering and uh, it's on greatestiamblog.com. This blog post, I Am Persevering, as well as I Am All I Need. Uh, go check it out if you haven't already and make sure you share it. Share it on social media. Share it with whoever. If you're embarrassed to share it on social media, just share it with people at least, you know. Um, so let me start it. I recently met with my new therapist and right off the bat, he picked up on how I beat myself up and also how hard I am on myself. That shocked me a bit because I wouldn't have thought it would be exuding off of me so early in the conversation and our journey together. Granted, he was asking me questions about my life, things I have been through and how I felt about certain things, but damn. Yeah, so that first conversation was interesting. Um... He picked up on a lot of stuff from that very first conversation. He picked up on how, you know, I'm hard on myself and how how I beat myself up and, you know, and it's I didn't think that, you know, it was still stinking off of me, <laughs> as I shall say, stinking off of me, you know, because I've been in therapy for a while, but excuse me. But I guess it has, and it's not a bad thing, but I, I ain't going to lie. 
excuse me, I was kind of embarrassed because I was just thinking to myself, you know, I've been in therapy for a while and, you know, the fact that it's exuding off of me like that, you know, that was kind of an issue for me. But at the same time, I had to stop myself and, you know, recognize the fact that this wasn't something that I wasn't the focus on when I was with my former therapist. The focus when my former therapist was, you know, my feelings and stuff like that. And she was a uh, a black woman. So we focused on uh, the feminine energy of of myself, you know, the feelings, recognizing my feelings, being able to feel my feelings and acknowledge them and being able to express them and stuff like that. And like I said on the last episode, me wanting to be with a black male therapist, I wanted to, I felt it was time for me to be in a position where I was held more accountable and my my self-confidence was built up and stuff like that. So it made sense that this is it, still exuding off of me and that this has been the biggest focus of what me and him has been talking about. Because I've been meeting with him for, it'll be going on a month uh, now. Yeah, it's been a month. We've been meeting every week. And when I was with my former therapist, I wasn't meeting with her every week. I was meeting with her like twice a month and sometimes just once a month. But um, this is where blessings come in and you sticking on your journey and stuff. The reason I wasn't meeting with my former therapist so much was because of the copay. Um, and this is not to the, the scare anybody away from it or anything, you know. Um, still go to therapy despite the copay. You know, you just talk to your therapist about, you know, where you're at when it, financially and y'all work y'all plan out. But I've been, I've recently got a, a big raise at work, so I wasn't concerned about meeting with him every week. And me not having that fear, I found out I don't have to pay no copay with this therapist. My insurance has been covering the whole thing. So, you know, it's, it's been great. So I've been fine with going every week. Uh, you know, I've been having to be consistent with going every week, being consistent with doing, keeping myself accountable and stuff like that, and not having, like, breaks within it where um, I don't have a chance to talk about things that I need to talk about. But... Yeah, next, let me go to the next part. During our conversation, he pointed out a couple things to me that I never considered. One was my time in college, a moment in my life where I was the most depressed in my life, especially the first couple of years. I barely went to class. When I did go to class, I didn't participate. I didn't do my assignments, failed classes, slept a lot, and didn't participate in school activities. I was just existing, afraid lacked confidence, and had no idea who I was as a man, a person. It took me six years to finish college and get my bachelor's. Embarrassing, to say the least, in my mind. To this day, my diploma sits in my linen closet under my sheets. I'm laughing right now just thinking about it. After sharing the same story with my new therapist, but in greater detail, he stopped me and said, Dirt, you finished. You have your degree. Sounds to me like you persevered. I heard him, but the way my mind has been conditioned, I didn't comprehend. I didn't feel him. After our first session and giving it more thought, it finally resonated with me what he was saying. I did persevere. I finished college. I not only finished, 
but I made, I made the dean's list several times and earned my bachelor's of science in communications despite one of the most trying times in my life. After acknowledging my perseverance and affirming myself, I no longer feel the need to hide my degree in my closet. I am proud of my accomplishment. Yeah, college was definitely difficult for me. Like, I was depressed as hell. And I didn't even have to be diagnosed to know that I was depressed. Like I said, I barely went to class. When I was dead, I didn't participate. I didn't participate in school activities. I slept a lot. Um, I was just, I just, I was just numb. I was literally numb, particularly the first two years of college. I failed classes. Like, I mean, I failed classes. I didn't do the work. Like I said, I didn't show up to class. And I was a commuter at the time. I didn't stay on campus. So I was working a part-time job at the same time I was going to school. And I just, I mean, I was just there. I was just there. I mean, like, it, it was... It was like high school started my depression and it just got because I didn't never get help or anything like that. No one ever, you know, my parents didn't put me in the therapy, anything like that. I don't know if they recognize it or not, but no, no teachers recognized it or anything when I was in high school or anything because I was doing bad in school and in high school. I was just I was doing the same thing. I was just existing. I was more focused on. Um, the girlfriend I had at the time and, you know, being, being liked and stuff like that, I was, my focus just wasn't there. I was just, I was just, I was just all over the place, but it just, it just compounded itself as the years went from my freshman year of high school all the way to college, you know, um, I missed out on opportunities in high school with the track. I spoke about that before a couple of episodes ago. Um, period. I mean, like, the only time I made honor roll in high school is when my mom said to me, you can only get your license if you make the honor roll. I made the honor roll. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I wasn't doing my homework or nothing like that. I was always getting uh, 2.8, but I... You know, I was just doing enough. I was just doing enough. I mean, nobody, I didn't have nobody to make sure I did my homework or anything like that. And that started from a young age, even when I was in like in elementary school and stuff like that. I wasn't being held accountable and, and stuff like that. So that all that stuff just compounded. And it, that shows you that everything starts from the time that you're, you're, you're young, starts in the household and stuff like that. All that stuff compounded itself all the way to the to college and then I still have effects from it today as far as being accountable and being disciplined and stuff like that and even with my self-confidence but yeah in college I was just man I just didn't care um I was more worried about being being liked and stuff like that and you know I always got attention from from women and stuff like that so that's mainly what what I focused on and stuff like that back then um being in a new environment and 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 stuff um those situations are always tough for me you know particularly because of my social anxiety like being in in um 
settings where I'm not prepared for, you know, I have no no sense of before I get there. Um, and I'm just like rushed into it. I was just shut down. But yeah, college, those first two, three years of college was rough. Like I may have been in my second year, which was supposed to be my sophomore year, but I was still a freshman and 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 that compounded on, like I'd say, I it took me six years to finish. Um but like the last two years of of college, um, I made the dean's list. Um, I was one grade away from making straight A's a couple of times, and it was crazy because I didn't even know I made the dean's list. I didn't know until I looked at my transcript. You know, I looked at my transcript and I saw it on there: dean's list, dean's list, dean's list, and I'm like, you know, wow. I didn't even know till after I finished, after I finished school. I didn't even walk across the stage. Um, like I finished in the summer of 2006. That I did my internship in 2006, and that was the last thing I needed to do in order to to finish. And I did that. But the time that I was doing my internship was the time that I was supposed to graduate. And I remember trying to. I remember I, I spoke to the school to ask them if I could walk across the stage, even though I didn't finish my internship yet. And they told me no, that I would have to wait till the summer of 2007 to walk across the stage, despite the fact that I, I was already going to be done and I didn't have to take any more classes and stuff. But I just was so done with college and I didn't I didn't enjoy my experience or anything that I just said, forget it. I didn't even walk across the stage. They mailed, you know, I asked them to mail me my diploma. And, you know, my parents didn't get to see me walk across the stage. For all I know, they probably didn't believe me for the simple fact that I finished college. Because I don't, I never showed them my diploma because I just didn't care. I was, I was embarrassed about everything that went on in college. You know, just, that's why I said that John was sitting in my linen closet under some, some sheets. I just didn't care. Um, but... Just talking to the therapist and telling him that story and stuff like that, I had a a different outlook on it. And, you know, I finally put the diploma in the frame. It's in my it's in my living room. I haven't hung it up yet, but it's sitting up so, you know, I can see it and people can see it. I remember after writing the blog and so many people hit me up and say, uh, take that diploma out of the closet, take that diploma out of the closet. <laughs> So, you know, I did it. I put it in the frame and stuff, man. And the more and more I think about it is, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of it because I persevered because you just, the mental state that I was in in college, I mean, I think it was, I talked about this before that I never contemplated suicide, but I probably was the close to probably contemplating suicide when I was in college. You know, it would probably would have been, a, I wouldn't have been surprised if I contemplated suicide while I was in college. And I think the the only thing that probably helped me on was because I knew that I was I was better than what I was feeling inside of me, inside of my body and inside of my mind. I knew that I was better than that. I knew I was worth more. But the mind was just my mind was just just had a hold on me. I was just trapped in the prison. It was just and I explain this to people all the time when I talk about my depression and anxiety. It's, it's like I'm sitting in a cell and the, and the cell door is wide open. And I'll walk past the door plenty of times knowing that it's open, 
but I just won't walk out. I was just afraid of walking out that cell door, despite the fact knowing that it was open. I mean, I was literally sitting in the prison by myself. The, nobody ever in the prison. The prison, the, the prison closed. The prison is no longer in function. I'm the only one still sitting in prison. Everybody left the prison, and I'm sitting there. The prison guard opened the door, put the key in the in the lock, opened the door, <laughs> opened it up, and said, "You can go now." And I just sat there. But next paragraph. As the conversation progressed, and my therapist noticed how often I would beat myself up, he commended me for persevering as a black man in America. He reminded me of how this country already beats us up enough and how I don't need to add on to it. He also noted that I need to affirm myself more, be more conscious of self-validating myself, focus on my strengths. You are, you are a successful black man. You have a degree, you own a home, you have a podcast and a blog, among other things. As he said, hearing him say these things to me provided me with confidence in that moment and gave me motivation to continue focusing on my strengths and the moments in my life I have persevered and can persevere. I am a perseverer. I am persevering right now in this moment. I am excited for this journey with my new therapist. In just that one conversation, a part of me was healed and I know there's more to come. And yeah. Him pointing that stuff out about, you know, being a black male in this country and how we beat ourselves up and, and me knowing from experience from me doing it and seeing other black males doing it and stuff like that and how the country beats on us. And as I talked about in my lat in a previous episode, still lynching, how the country has divided the black woman against the black male for that extra beat up of black women beating up on black men and vice versa is, you know, I've persevered, you know, how I was a couple of years ago, nobody would be able to tell me that I'll be sitting here on a blog, you know, being vulnerable like this. I mean, on a podcast being vulnerable like this and my blog, as well as just, you know, random people hitting me up and, you know, that listen to my blog and my podcast and things that I post on social media and asking me for, you know, uh, advice and stuff like that. Um, I still don't give myself enough credit and I still don't give my enough, myself enough self-validation and self-worth and self-love, uh, you know. But in that moment, I know that I healed a part of me to the point where I took another step along my journey to move even forward because... The past, since I've been seeing this new therapist, my confidence has definitely grown. I feel real confident. I feel real confident right now. I feel confident, period. I can tell just by the way that I walk, I walk differently now. When I walk, because usually when I will walk, like in the grocery store, just out on the streets and, you know, people around and stuff, my social anxiety will kick in or my fears and, and stuff like that will kick in and I will walk different. I will walk, you know, um, with my head down and stuff like that or my shoulders will be slumped and stuff. But now my walk is different. I, I look at how people project their, their insecurities on me differently. I don't take it personally. Like, that's their problem. I just, 
I just feel like a, a new man. I just feel totally different. I just I feel more confident in letting people go, letting situations go and, you know, and knowing that I'm going to be OK, that I can get through anything. You know, I just feel so good right now. I really do. And and I used to say this all the time. I used to be like, man, people who hate on me, lucky that, you know, I, I got low self-confidence, low self-esteem and stuff like that, because <laughs> if they hating on me now, I feel sorry for them when I, you know, I build up my confidence and my self-esteem and stuff. And it's happening. And I'm already noticing how people have been responding to my my uh, confidence lately and people close to me and stuff like that, you know. And I, but I understand that it's their projection. So I just remove myself from the situation or put boundaries in place where I deal with them less and stuff. So, you know, I'm definitely feeling great right now. I feel real good. And, you know, I just know, I just know and I feel deep down inside of me that there's more to come. I know it is. I feel it. And I'm just going to keep, you know, moving along. It's 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 coming, you know, my birthday is coming. I'm about to be 39 at the end of November. Um, so, you know, just the fact of me, I've done three episodes back to back to back. I know that's me having confidence, even more confidence in myself because of the things that I think about when it comes to my podcast. Um, so I'm going to keep pushing. Y'all keep riding with me. I'm going to keep riding with y'all. Support the podcast. Share it. Share it with people, man, because it, I know it can help people because I... All the DMs and stuff I get, the texts and stuff I get, the people that I don't even think listening to my podcast hitting me up, and particularly uh, black black men, and they telling me they they thank me for what I'm doing and it's very helpful and stuff like that, and they say that's what they need and stuff. And man, you know, I just I'm proud of myself. I really am, and I'm gonna keep coming. Um, you know, I'm going to just keep coming with the Just the Taste episodes. I'm going to be coming with more vulnerability episodes. I'm always going to talk about my experiences. The next episode coming, uh, I'm going to record next week for the simple fact that we're going to have, an, you know, the election is coming up. Um, I'm not sure what else I'm going to talk about, but there's always something to talk about. So, you know, y'all just stay tuned. Um, damn, I didn't mean to play the song. The song popped up, and that ain't even the song I wanted to play, but... Um, yeah, just stick with me. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, um, greatestiamblog.com on Instagram, a taste to consider podcast on Instagram. Follow, share, like. Um, excuse me, got my other page. Uh, what's, what's that, John? Let me see. Mr. I. Am underscore. Uh, that's my main page and I'm really considering giving more thought into just getting rid of the, uh, my blog, Instagram page and my podcast, Instagram page, and just continue just doing everything on my main page. Because when it comes down to it, I want to embody everything about me. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to, you know, pay attention to it, but I don't want to separate I don't want to, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I don't want to separate everything because when it comes down to it, everything is who I am today and it's who, it's who I'm going to continue to be, it's who, 
is what's helping me grow even further. So I'm really considering that. But those are the pages. Follow Instagram. Uh, my Twitter handle is Habitual Line Stepper. Um, so follow that. I'm I'm starting to pick up more on Twitter, you know. Uh, but I'm probably spending more time on Twitter than I do on Instagram these days. Uh, I just use Instagram for promoting and stuff like that. But Twitter, I put a little bit more of myself in lately. Um, but let me get the song together for this episode. It's 8.05. Fella should be coming through soon. Uh, let me see. This is the song I'm going to play for this episode. I might play two songs, but this song right here I'm going to start off with first because it, it, it got to do with the episode. It's Sky's the Limit featuring 112 by Notorious B.I.G. Baby, look at me. Mama love you. And I know you ain't no little boy no more, but you always be my baby. It seems like only yesterday I was holding you in my arms. Now look at you now, big one. But I worry about you. I worry about you all the time. Hanging out on the corner all times of night with the crew of people. Baby, that ain't nothing but trouble. I always taught you that you could have whatever you dream. Well, I want you to hold on to that dream, baby. Hold on to it real tight. Because the sky is the limit. This is one of the songs on my rap Good workout evening, playlist. Give me motivated. I'd like to welcome to the stage the lyrically acclaimed. I like this young man because when he came out, he came out with the phrase. He went from ashy to classy. I like that. So, everybody in the house, give a warm round of applause for the notorious. B.I.T. The Notorious B.I.T. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him, y'all. Uh. Uh, a nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two male leads. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you wanna see the inside? Huh. I see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clocking. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. This crew's your crew, but they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them. Stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas want me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies. Water crunch. 88. Ice cars and blue and white duck. Ask the slime. Like total, getting larger and wasting taste. Uh-huh. Ain't no telling where this spelling is heading. 
just in case Keep a shell at the tip of your melon, clear the space Your brain was a terrible thing to waste 88 on gates, snatching issue nameplates Smoke your splits with niggas, real life beginner killers Praying God forgive us for being sinners, help us out Enterprise that I ain't have to be in school by 10 Eyes in, began to encounter with my counter Parts of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes, others use injections Lorenzo's separately, Frank the deputy Took the gun, my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing Should protect my position, my corner, my layer While we out here, say the hustlers prayer if the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college grand, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And let the free sky's the limit. Motherfucker. Uh, Trump's on top. I'm about to play another song because this episode was kind of quick. I'm going to play this joint that I've been feeling lately. It's um, Damage by Her. Yeah, this song. I love this song because um, they used the sample from Making Love in the Rain, uh, Herb Alpert. Um, Jump. Here we go. Because I got to use the bathroom. This liquor running through me. Got the pee. Got it, it ain't a question Oh, it ain't no one for guessing No more than emotionally invested Showing you all my imperfections Oh, if I let you, don't take me for granted Yeah, if I were to, then you could manage Manage, yeah Open with me, oh, we could be done Closer to me, oh, giving me silence Promise that you won't let me fall Holding me tight, loving me right Giving me life, all night you could be Telling me lies, making me cry Wasting my time the whole time, so just be Careful what you take for granted 
Hopefully the microphone didn't pick up the, the soil inflection because this microphone be picking up everything. I'm sorry if it did. I'm sorry. Tracing and uh, broadcast journal, broadcasting TV and um, radio for the long. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in college, but um, people always said I had a good radio voice, so I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do radio. I ended up doing my internship with TV and stuff, but it was all good because I got experience on both sides, uh, being on the radio in college and doing the TV stuff with uh, my internship. So I got all the, I got, you know, experience on both sides. But yeah, when I be introducing the songs and stuff, it be taking me, I be having visions of sitting in a radio studio and actually doing it and stuff. So that's always cool. Yeah, so this is Taste Sick and Sit a Podcast. Derek Silver, I'm out. Um, hit me up after you listen to the episode. Let me know how you feel. Uh, share the episode. Um, if you got anything that you want to hear me speak about, hit me up, let me know, um, all on my social handles that I said previously. Um, if you got any guests that you think that I should have on, um, recommend that as well. You know, I'm down for everything at this point. All right.